Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to What's Culture Gaming. My name is Rich and I'm joined by the ever-lovely Kirsten Rhea. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. <laughs> and we are back as we're going to be answering more of your burning questions from Twitter. You can use the hashtag WCGP to send us questions. We'll be answering them every single Thursday. Now, to kick things off, Kirsten, we've got a question from Ashvin uh, Sathison. I'm hoping I've pronounced that relatively okay. And it's very <laughs> simple. Will the both of us be playing Last of Us Part 2? Oh, yes. Or us. Um, yes, you're in a church. <laughs> um, it is pre-ordered and it is ready. Well, not ready to go, but as soon as it is ready to go, I will be ready to go and I will be on it like a rocket. Um, yeah, I'm super excited. Um, it was a little bit heartbreaking to shell out so much money for a pre-order, but yeah. it's worth it. It's so worth it. Um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I that I paid for it and I know, knew it was there and that it would just be doing its thing and ready for me the moment that I can actually play it. Um, yeah, so the, the, the answer, short answer is yes, I will be. I'm also yes. <laughs> now, I put that we were talking about this uh, in... Were in, in one of the work office chats today, just like, oh, Last of Us 2 is out tomorrow, and there's like a bunch of people who aren't going to be working tomorrow simply for this <laughs> game because it's such a big deal. And I'm down, it's also not working. Uh, and Ben Roy, the, uh, the resident Last of Us fan, uh, who isn't Josh or Scott, uh, has said, but Rich, you don't like Last of Us. I'm like, no, no, I don't like the combat in The Last of Us. I love the games. Mm. So I'm... Uh, I'm still picking it up. I've still pre-ordered it and it is arriving tomorrow. But yes, I'm also playing Last of Us Part 2 and I'm very excited to see where it goes. But I have said this before, I am playing it on the easiest difficulty so I don't have to deal with the Naughty Dog combat that drives me up the wall. As yes. controversial as that take is. Um, <laughs> but I started playing Uncharted 1 the other week and that combat is awful. But uh, yeah. I'm not going to try and slag off the game too much before playing <laughs> it. But yeah, answer to that, Ashman, is both of us is a solid yes. So oh, yes. Grandius follows up with a question saying, which game has the best personal message? Oh, um, <clears throat> do you know what? I think one that resonated with me quite a lot, I think definitely had to be um, Life is Strange. Yeah. Um, just because it, you know, obviously it is, you know, sort of supernatural. She has these magical powers and stuff, but it's just the fact that it goes so in depth into like bullying and mental health, and um, you know, just getting mixed up with the wrong crowd and and family life and all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, I just think that that just really resonated with me because I was bullied um, all throughout school. To be honest, I've been bullied my whole life. I still get bullied now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Welcome so, to the internet. Yes. So. Um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that I think sort of seeing it from that standpoint and, and knowing that you, um, you know, that you're in control of 
people's lives almost, you know, that you have those multiple choices to be able to um, actually prevent things from happening. Um, yeah, it was just, it was really, really meaningful to me. Like the moment where I can't remember her name, but there's this one character where she gets relentlessly bullied, bless her, um, because of some, you know, awful thing that happened at a party. And she gets so depressed about it that she um, goes on top of a building and she tries to basically kill herself. And um, it's it's horrible because even though you have these powers within the game to stop time and rewind time, um, because you've done it so much at that point, the, the one moment where it really matters, where you can really do something and stop, you know, to, to help someone, your powers just stop working. And I just remember just like, just sitting there thinking, like, I have to do this right. I have to make sure that everything I say and do is correct. Because if I do one thing wrong, this poor girl is, you know, her life is going to be like gone forever. And um, yeah, it was just, it really, really hit me hard to sort of just think like, wow, yeah, they've, they've done that so well that like you could sort of, you could just sort of blase your way through it and be like, it doesn't matter if I make a mistake because I can just go back. But to choose that pivotal moment as a point where no, like you can't make mistakes now. It's just, yeah, it was just really, um, really strong. And, um, but I mean, that game's brilliant anyway, but yeah, that one moment in that game, it really hit home for me, I think to just, yeah, it was um, heartbreaking <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> for me, I would say Celeste, which was something I'd never really considered playing until Scott like started badgering me to try it. And I, I picked it up and I've played it through twice and it's, an incredibly moving game for such uh, a sort of a simple concept. It doesn't go, it, it's not something that goes really deep with things. It's just something that digs really deep. It's the story of a girl, Madeline, who's climbing Mount Celeste and she's battling like uh, a manifestation of what is basically an inner demon. She, she doubts herself. Her mental health is down the toilet. She meets people along the way who, who help her. And eventually she comes to terms with, she comes to like an agreement almost with her, 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 her demonic self. And they work together to push up the rest of this mountain. And it's, it's such an incredible experience, not only in terms of the message it tells, like the story it tells, but also even just the way it plays. It is, at the end of the day, it's a video game and being a, a very, a very tough pixel platformer, weirdly, like really well accompanies the, the whole mental health message because there's there's so many points in that game where you can get annoyed where you you want to throw the controller away because it annoys you so much but they they add in these moments where you have to control madeline's breathing you have to it's like almost like a mini game with a feather and you have to like move a box up and down with it to keep her breathing to calm her down and you see this dialogue between herself and it's so um ah oh, the words left me i do this i do this every week um <laughs> It's so familiar to see that the, the dialogue that between herself and herself and they're, they're words that we've probably all heard in our own heads and seeing them overcome both a metaphorical and physical mountain reach that peak is something truly special. Uh, and even playing through it again for the second time, even when you can blast through because you know all the puzzles, you know how to use the movement options available to beat this certain section, it still hits home every single time because the message is so prevalent and so well done. So they're two games, I think, if if you like those kind of games that really move you and have a really mm -hmm. solid message behind it, but still play as fantastic games. Life yes. is Strange and Celeste are, are two things that are so, so worth playing. Mm -hmm. So on a more hardware 
noted side <laughs> crouch has asked what do you think is the future of gaming with all the new vr games like half-life alex and affordable headsets like the rift s and quest which should also be used as an all-in-one headset with the official release of oculus link so basically like where are we going do you see vr as like the 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 the, the, the actual future of gaming is that where it's going to go do you think that's going to become the thing I don't know. Um, I don't think so. Just because I think, I mean, if you get, if you do VR well, um, it, it is, it is amazing. I mean, it, I think even the most simplest of games like Job Simulator, where you know you're in a situation where things aren't realistic, you know, they're bright and colorful and cartoony, they still immerse you so well that you know you do forget that you're not within this world and i think that's the, the the best thing about vr is being able to really immerse yourself within the game so i think for certain games it does work really well but the thing is there's always going to be um people that just can't cope with vr they can't cope with um you know the movement um i personally i can i can play vr but um whenever i've tried to play um games like skyrim or anything like that where you are physically moving i do just get really dizzy um so there's just always going to be that so i just i can't i can see it becoming more popular and i can see people creating games truly to try and work around that like how resident evil 7 did they they you know put that aspect in and it works brilliantly because it is a horror game and putting yourself within a horror game for me personally was brilliant because that's like my dream is to be in like a horror movie or, or a horror game because i just love it so much so there's certain aspects that work really well but there's always going to be little things that just don't quite work for at all or just for some people and i think that's why um it won't fully sort of take over but i can see people kind of adapting to it more um in the future yeah vr i think when it when it kicked off and it became more popular when for example the uh, the rift became such a big thing when uh, htc made the vive alongside valve and then the psvr kicked off people read it as this is where gaming is going to go not necessarily as an avenue alongside it and i've always seen vr as an avenue alongside because like you said there is uh, a barrier for entry be it uh, because of your uh, physical ability be it because you you can't necessarily cope with games with uh like smooth locomotion that completely ruins people which i'm assuming it does for you as well and mm. then there's also the price tag vr is not yeah. affordable the oculus link is about sorry the oculus quest is about as affordable as vr currently gets and it is it's pretty damn good and it is is in terms of its hardware it's a glorified mobile phone but it does still work you can play games like beat saber which is like one of the only killer vr apps that's across available across like all of the platforms um it's still a fantastic purchase but it's not easy to get into but with game like i'm currently on my second playthrough of half-life alex and that game is absolutely phenomenal it really shows how powerful vr can be and i would love to see it ported to the playstation 5 like that's something that really needs to happen for the playstation mm. crew because if they want the PSVR to be, I mean, I, I have a PSVR as well. I think it's fantastic. It's a great entry point, but I feel like they really need that kind of killer app. And Half-Life Alex would be the killer app for PSVR if mm -hmm. they can port that over to PS5, because I don't think the PS4 has the power to, to run it yet. Mm -hmm. um, but VR is a fantastic thing to get into and look into if you can afford it, but it's not necessarily going to be the future, but I think more developers are going to take it and try stuff with it because so many more developers are trying to make full experiences rather than just a little like mini game demo where VR really began. Now you've had things like 
blood and truth on the ps4 you've had boneworks you've had half-life alex it's showing how good that platform is yeah. um but again it won't be for everyone not only down to physical stuff or financial ability it's just some people don't like it but if you've never tried vr i'm very new to vr i only got into it at the end of last year it's a phenomenal thing to look into so mm -hmm. vr is not necessarily the future like entirely but it's something to keep an eye on for definite raul mm. asks quite a question for the playstation lot here spider-man or horizon oh spider-man definitely spider-man for me as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> easy <laughs> question have you played horizon zero dawn um no well yes i did i i did play a little bit of it but i just i just couldn't get into it it just didn't it did i i just couldn't sort of get properly into it and i just i'm not gonna lie i know this is gonna be really controversial but i i got bored of it i got really bored of it very quickly um whereas spider-man was just it's just such a good game and then when i saw that there's this new spider-man that's coming out for the ps5 i was just like this looks incredible i don't know what it is with the spider-man games but they're just so good they're so likable they're so fun um it's just there's just something about just playing as spider-man swinging around the city and fighting bad guys that just is so uh, yeah it just seems to resonate with everybody for some reason oh maybe not everybody but um but yeah it's just an instant like for me i think i think it feels more like a casual experience compared to horizon because i'm quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The same. I yeah. started Horizon and I got so far in. And then as soon as the game opened up, 
I started to feel a bit more like, oh, okay, because I, I, I have a kind of love-hate relationship with open world games, and Horizon was unfortunately one of the games that I lost out on because it's open world. But after seeing the uh, the reveal for Horizon 2 Forbidden West, I'm like, oh, I really should go back to Horizon. Either I'll boot it back up on, on my PS4 or maybe pick it up on Steam when that releases soon and play it on PC instead because I don't know whether the controls might be better for me because I prefer playing stuff on PC over PS4. Um, but I, I need to give Horizon another go. I really do. But if yeah, mm. if you gave me the two of them, I'd have to pick Spider-Man. So yeah, yeah. George Meering asks actually something we did on Chatty quite a long time ago before you were even here, Kirsten, and that is what is your earliest childhood gaming memory? Um, so my earliest childhood gaming memory was the it was a Sega. I always forget what it's called. It was like this handheld Sega console, but I the always Game forget Gear. what it's called. Game Gear. Yeah. A big, big old chunky thing. Yeah. And um, it was just Sonic. It was just Sonic on the Game Gear. Um, that was the, my dad had the Game Gear and um, it, he, it was like constantly on charge because it was just, the battery life was atrocious because it was just this massive, big bulk of a thing. And um yeah, I just always used to ask it, like ask him to dig it out. Like, you know, it was like one of the very first sort of like handheld consoles, I guess. And um, so, yeah, while he was away playing sort of more difficult games like Resident Evil and Silent Hill on the, the PlayStation, I was too young to play those. So he was like, here, have the game gear, home, play a bit of Sonic. So, yeah, for me, it was just... Um, yeah, just, a, just a, a classic bit of Sonic on the game gear. That was the first proper gaming memory that i have and then it would probably go on to the more, more like the playstation stuff but that was the first thing that little old me i was probably about maybe six or seven maybe even younger and i just sat there with this chunky thing that probably weighed as much as me um yeah it was um oh yeah it makes me feel good just thinking about it i just i just want to hold it this thing was freaking <laughs> massive funnily enough mine was sonic as well but it was on the the mega drive my uh my dad would always t- my, my dad would always tell me about the mega drive we had in the loft and when i was young i always heard mega drive and thought he somehow had like a big racing arcade cabinet in the <laughs> loft that he'd just bring down and set up in the living room but he brought down this like really old like ancient crt tv just so i don't have to use the main tv set me up with sonic one and just left me uh, while they would, <laughs> they would sit and watch tv i'd be sat playing sonic and i played the living hell out of sonic one and sonic two uh i remember my mum going on ebay and buying me uh micro machines and sonic Ooh. spinball which are two of my favorite games on the mega drive but i was playing the hell out of those playing streets of rage with my mate who also had a mega drive and i now actually have that mega drive i've managed to like inherit it off my dad so i have i still have oh, my, my personal okay. first games console uh, i still have it in my living room which is the best thing to just see it there um but yeah it was sonic as well for me but just i was playing on i was playing on the uh the tv i never had a game gear i've never played a game gear so <laughs> but uh, i've heard a lot about them first like color lcd backlit screen hence Ooh, why the battery yes. life was so pissed for <laughs> So, Fernando Caraballo asks, what video game franchise would you personally like to see brought back? Oh, I mean, I've said this millions of times. I swear, every time I get asked a question like this, I'm just like, no one lives forever, please. It's just... (laughs) I love it so much. Like I, I keep wanting to go back and play it. Um, there's only been two. There was uh, two on the PC, and then I think they did the um, first game again, but they released it on the PlayStation Two, I think. Wow. Um, 
but it's just such a brilliant little like idea about it. It's all based in the 60s and it's about this woman called Kate Archer and she's a secret agent. And it's just about her, um, you know, adventures and her missions about trying to stop this evil corporation called Harm. And um, it's just brilliant. The story's amazing. I can't believe they've not taken it in and, and made a film out of it because the, just the story is perfect. Um, and I just think it just would be a nice, a brilliant, funny game that they could just reintroduce into the world now. And it would work so well. Um, you know, whether they kind of went more down a dark route with it, they could do. But I just think keeping that quirkiness and the stupidity of it, um, you know, with your little sort of lipstick camera and your robotic kitty, which blows up if people get too close. It was just it was fun and stupid. And I loved it. And um, but again, it's a, an old Valve game that they got to number two and they thought, nope, that's it. That's all you get. We only do twos. We don't go further. <laughs> we are now, but you're not getting any more. That's it. So, um, yes, if uh, they did ever you know remake no one is forever or or did a third entry um i would be so so happy my little childhood self would be squealing in her little boots um it's just brilliant it's brilliant and if you haven't played it i recommend trying to get a copy and, and figuring out how to install it onto a pc nowadays because it's so good it's That's so cool. funny and so good so that, bas that would basically answer the next question for you as well. But for me, uh, I keep I say the same as well. Whenever someone asks me about a series that needs a sequel or should be brought back, it's Split Second, which is mm. such an underrated racing game that I still go back to. I literally played it last week. Just get boot the Xbox 360 up and play some Split Second because I played the living <laughs> crap out of that game. Uh, same with the demo disc I got in the Xbox magazine, hence why I discovered the game. And that, that game is so... Like, it's such a disappointing story to, to hear Disney kill off BlackRock Studios, who were a British developer, and they were like teasing the sequel to Split Second. The end of the game is like a cliffhanger. And then they go, yeah, we're not getting another one. And it mm. sucks. It really, really sucks. So I'd love yeah. if Disney still have the IP, if they could like pass it off to somebody or just like, you know, do a new game or do a remaster. Although the game looks really good. I could probably put it on a tv not show people the console and say this is running on an xbox one they go that looks yeah looks good like i genuinely mm -hmm. think it's that good looking you could probably pass it off as the current gen game uh but yeah, yeah for me it's split second but um jay coops has asked which is why i think that you're going to answer the same thing for this question as the last <laughs> one which video game or franchise would you most like to see made into a good movie or tv series heck would you yeah. even want to star in it oh Hell yeah. So there, <laughs> there, there's many. So No One Lives Forever, I think, would be a nice, cheesy sort of Austin Powers-y sort of movie. That That's definitely the vibe that you get from it. But to be honest, I think a uh, something that I know would just be a fantastic movie, just without a doubt, is the Bioshock or the Dishonored series, because they're mm. two of my favorite games. Um, I think that Bioshock could probably do... Um, could do more well than Dishonored just because I think Dishonored gets a bit complicated with the like effects and stuff but from that sort of standpoint Bioshock would just do so so well the oh, characters yeah. are spot on like the fact that it's all in 50s and they've got this steampunk sort of building like you know you've seen people kind of get close with these things on like Netflix and HBO and and Hulu and stuff and you think I know you can do it because I'm seeing it here. You just yeah. need to get the, you know, the rights and you need to do it. And um, yeah, if anyone is watching and you want to turn Bioshock into a movie, I'm I, I would happily be in it. <laughs> I would 
A hundred percent. You wouldn't have to like ask me. Like I could be a splicer. I don't care. I'll, I'll as long as I'm in it, I would be happy. You know, morph my face and make me all ugly and gross. That's fine. Turn <laughs> me into a hero or a villain. I don't care. If you're making a Bioshock movie, I'm well up for being in it. Oh, it would be so good, so good. Because I mean, you can see the like with the success of The Witcher that it's definitely possible. Yeah. And the fact there's a Resident Evil TV series in the works, which I'm really quite excited for. Um, for me, I, I'm i the kind of person that would like a TV show or a film. I personally prefer a TV show because you can tell bigger stories, obviously, because you've got mm. more time to play with. I would rather see a TV show go back before the events of a game rather than recreate the events of a game. Like We've got that, um, that HBO Last of Us series. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued to see where that goes. But for me, if I had to pick something to turn into a TV series, I would take fallout but i would take the events prior or leading up to the war even like like edging into the actual you know global thermonuclear war happen that happens in the universe actually establish that real i mean there are a lot of established things in fallout but they're they're more things you have to dig into to work out if they manage to make them completely canon like a tv series alongside it and go this is exactly what happened before the events of the games produce that into something that's maybe more like a miniseries but i'm thinking of like the aesthetic of uh chernobyl that kind of approach yes. that really really harsh gritty approach mm-hmm. to quite actually kind of apt um topic due to radiation and stuff do that but make me a precursor to fallout yes. you can take that you know retro futuristic um aesthetic and bring that in and like like the sort of live action intro to fallout 4 where you can see they've actually produced physical mm-hmm. sets and things seeing the guy messing around with the original pit boy and stuff like that do that as a tv series make it really gritty and always have that looming threat of this war over the top like that's yeah. that's what i would like to see out of, out of the series yeah. really gritty set before ideally the games or during the events of the games but not the storyline we know do something off to the side because just recreating it one-to-one probably isn't going to work uh, mm. in my opinion but um that that's what i would say so to wrap things up good apollo has done his research on both of us <laughs> and has asked who would win in a fight bioshock or roller coaster tycoon hmm. because we can have one big daddy and a little sister versus like six thousand people in my park who would win that's a good question. Are, are, these, are these just normal people, though? They're just normal They're just average normal citizens? guests, but I've got a lot of them. I have an army. <laughs> I've got a lot. I mean, I feel like the big, dam- the big daddy could definitely do a hell of a lot of damage, so I think he mm. could easily take out quite a big bulk of your your army. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, you, you have enough people, you could probably take daddy down, not going to lie. Like as long the... as you don't touch my little sister, that's fine. But, yeah, you might be able to take the daddy down. I'd love to believe that he could do some, some real damage, though. It could be a big, gory mess. <laughs> it would be a bit of a mess. They're quite an interesting <laughs> series to clash together. I've always wanted, <laughs> yeah. on a weird tangent, I was very tempted before in one of my, uh, in, in some of my gameplay in Planet Coaster to build a Bioshock ride. Yeah. And try I was and do something say, like that. You're going to have to do that it is, now. I'm going to have to do it now. Because I, I definitely know. I def- I've done a Doom Coaster and I've done a Back to the Future ride. I, I know how to do that sort of thing. So maybe I should make a Bioshock ride. Oh, yes. that's leaving me with some, some ideas. But thank you. For all of those questions, if you want to send us more, you can tweet us at WCultureGaming using the hashtag WCGP. Anything gaming related you've got burning questions for, even if it's silly things like that, please do send them our 
way. Thank you very much for listening or, or watching. If you are on YouTube, again, you can put comments, put questions in the comments below as well. But uh, we will be back next week for yet another little Q&A style podcast thing. But until then, I have been Rich. You can follow me on Twitter at PickupChangeToe. And I have been Kirsten Rear. You can find me at Kirsten Rear with two A's on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you very much for watching and or listening. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.